The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. What's no, going on? Eric. It is time that we celebrate our friends to the north. Our friends to the north? In Canada. Oh, I was thinking. Will Preston. you play me Idaho? the old Canada song? Uh, I don't know. Oh, Canada. Uh, okay, that's good enough. Okay, what about Canada? Oh, man. It's Canada Day. What? What? What do you mean? What about Canada? It's Canada Day? It's Canada Day. Our home and native land, true patriot love. Okay, that's in all our sons. Come on. Okay, I can tell you're getting uncomfortable. That's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been Eric uncomfortable Happy. for quite some time. <laughs> Hey, look, when I'm out there having a conversation, you come in, hey, will you tell AJ their show started? <laughs> oh, I'm, you know, doing my thing, getting prepped. <laughs> haven't seen AJ. Don't know where he is. Oh, man. Show's coming up. Clock's <laughs> ticking. I'm, I'm starting to walk down the hall to head to the studio, and I hear him talking on the other end of the building. <laughs> By the way, you might want to check your watch there, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my bad. Uh, thanks for uh, being a great co-host and coming to warn me that uh, I've. Uh, yeah. I should have just like not said anything. You <laughs> and just sat here and watched you when you realized it sprinting down the hallway. It's four thirty. Someone's like, "Hey, don't you have a show?" Yeah, and about oh wait, thirty minutes ago. <laughs> um. Hey. So okay. So it was kind of a quiet sports day, sort of. And then well, things it, kind of exploded yeah, like at 12 o'clock noon, and then it's been nonstop It's been a since. busy afternoon. Absolutely. And as you heard at the top of the hour there from that, uh, the Fox Sports News, um, Jordan Love in the news today. And for really good reasons. An unusual signing. Uh, now, it's not unusual that somebody that's selected in the first round signs a deal with their team. What is unusual is is how much guaranteed money the Packers are going to give Jordan Love. This has never happened before to a player chosen that late in the draft. How about that? How about that? Uh, you know, this is how much faith the Packers have in Jordan Love. They are proving that they traded up for him, not just to get a quarterback, but because they actually believe in Jordan Love. Man, I'm telling you though. How much, like, how much one-on-one time have you think Jordan Love has had with with the Packers since the draft? You know, that's a good question. Uh, maybe a little bit. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. I know he was. He's been in Green Bay because there was. Uh, um, his Instagram had videos of it. Um, I mean, not specifically doing anything, but you know. But uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. But I don't know how much specifically. No. It's great, though. Again, just how much faith they have in him um, to, to move up from uh, 30 to 26 in the first round to get Jordan Love is is just absolutely awesome. Uh, do you have the numbers of how much they signed him for specifically, though? Uh, yep, pulling those up right now. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Jordan Love. 
go. Maybe I don't. <laughs> so Jordan Love right Just now has signed, signed for. Him. This doesn't make any sense either. Uh, okay, there it is. Twelve million? No, that can't be. Is that is it? Twelve million? He gets yes, two, yeah, twelve million. He gets two million in in twenty, two million uh, in change, so two million eight hundred fourteen thousand in uh, in twenty one, three million in twenty two. And just under four million in twenty three, he gets a one million six hundred one million six hundred forty one thousand dollars signing bonus in each of those years as well. Twelve million three hundred eighty three thousand four hundred seventy dollars. Wow, sir, uh, you're buying dinner. Yeah, in two thousand nineteen, the first twenty four players got deals that were guaranteed. Nobody beyond that did. So Jordan Love as a 26th pick that has never happened before. And he got the full value out of the deal. I mean, he squeezed, Eric, every penny out of that 25% roll for rookie contracts. And he took every bit of the juice out of it and got every single thing. Good for him. And good for his agent. His agent gets a bonus too, by the way. Now, there could be additional playtime incentives uh, or or workout bonuses from years two through four. Those are not yet been publicized or they are not known, um, according to a uh, um, a Packers Twitter account that uh, controls the cap and they kind of watch over that stuff. Man, $12 million with $6 million guaranteed. Wow, six and a half, sorry. Six and a half million guaranteed. You, let's, let's not forget what uh, Aaron Rodgers said back in May. I think the initial reaction to the Packers selecting love was a surprise. Not going to say that I was thrilled by the pick, but I understand. Their organization is not only thinking about the present, but the future, and I respect that. I understand their focus and their mindset. But again, that was back in May when they selected him. Now he's getting all this guaranteed money. wonder if that changes his opinion or adds to any angst. That I, may and that's a great question. Now, where does Aaron stand mentally with this? Oh, you're giving him $12 million, $6 million guaranteed as a 26 pick in the draft? Wow, so you guys either really want me gone, want me to retire, or you're going to trade me. Nonetheless, the Packers are definitely all in on Jordan Love. I mean, so far the indications have been that Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love are are fine. Yeah, yeah. Jordan said, but they he, really haven't had to spend much time with each other. No, and uh, didn't Jordan say like on a he had like a phone call with Aaron, and Aaron was very supportive or something like that? Yeah, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, and 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 Aaron will be as I think we've talked about, and you brought this up one time, that, you know, Aaron's been through that situation 16 years ago, and so he understands what it's, or I guess, yeah, 16 years ago, so he understands what it's like. And uh, you kind of hope that he'll, in turn, you know, knowing that what it's like, that he'll actually return the favor to Jordan Love and be supportive and and, and uh, teach him uh, and help him through because being a going from college to pro is such a big jump in so many ways off the field, especially, and you need a good mentor and, uh, Tom Brady, Howard and, and Drew Brees or not Drew Brees, excuse me, Drew Bledsoe. And, and hopefully Aaron can be the same thing for Jordan Love. Do you think Jordan is worth that money without even him stepping on a football field yet? Uh, no. Uh, I'm, I'm so surprised that, a, not because so, it's a knock on Jordan Love necessarily, but because it just seems like a risky investment in 
and someone who's just going to be sitting on your bench for a couple of years. So this you is really just faith anything. by every dollar then. They're just, I mean, it's just complete faith by every dollar saying, hey, we think you're going to be great. Right. They're drafting a future quarterback, which I get, but they've got a star that's playing now. So it just seems a little odd that they're going to commit guaranteed money to somebody who's just going to be riding the bench. Yeah. If you've got guaranteed money to spend. Why don't you go put it on guys that are going to play to help you win now or within the next year or two? I mean, Jordan Love, it may be three years before he gets any significant playing time. Now, according to Track, the four-year deal for Aaron Rodgers has a total value of $133 million, with a total of 98.7 of that guaranteed. $79.2 million guaranteed at signing. Uh, he gets 11.5 in roster bonuses annually through 2022, and $500,000 workout bonuses in through 2023. 133 million for that guy, and you're still spending, Eric, 12 million in four years on Jordan Love with six of it guaranteed. Wow. Yeah, it just it just seems a little aggressive. Do me. you think they're telling Rodgers it's probably about time? I mean, I mean, who does that? Who signs a 26-round quarterback with $6 million guaranteed? What's the message for telling Rodgers? Yeah. It's just, just it, it's know. stunning. Because, look, you're there's right. There's more going you on behind up, the scenes than we know. You brought up a great point. Aaron's got to be kind of like, wait, so first of all, it's like one of the deepest draft classes ever at the wide receiver department. And there's a load of wide receivers that are picked, but instead you decide to go to a quarterback, and now you're giving him $6 million guaranteed. Look, I'm happy for Jordan. I really am. But if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're a tad miffed right now. Because you could have used that money in signing a receiver of some sort. Right. Uh, 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 a veteran receiver who's been there and done that. Yeah. I'm just a little surprised by it. I mean, good for Jordan Love. Yeah. I mean, this is not a knock on Jordan Love. No, no, no but it's good just for him. The tape thrilled. is good, uh, especially from his junior year. Excuse me, his sophomore year. Um, I, I just wonder they must be having some some follow up conversations and workouts with him to feel like you know what this this guy's this guy's going to be the real deal for us. Let's uh, let's make sure we're going to have him for a little while. It just seems surprising that the Packers feel like they have a team that can win and be competitive and shoot for the Super Bowl. But they wouldn't spend that money to get their star quarterback some help. It's unreal. <laughs> yeah, but again, good for Jordan. Like We're thrilled yeah. for that guy. Man, go get your money. Boy, he's going to be paying dinner for a lot of veterans, though. That's for dang sure. They go to the dinner table. Well, Jordan... <laughs> Put out that checkbook there, big guy. Yes, I'll have a few extra pieces of dessert. <laughs> I'll take your lobster. Actually, I'll take 20 thing, 26 things of lobster. And can I get another 26 to go? <laughs> tabs on this guy right here. Have you ever seen the tabs that veterans put on rookies' like dinner bill? I've, yes. It's, oh, my gosh. It's insane. Because <laughs> once you start adding like <laughs> rare uh, alcohol onto that stuff or expensive alcohol, those bills add up because wow, super and, and, fast. And here's the thing is like, because usually there's a tradition, and it's been told there's a tradition, that the rookie quarterback will have to take the offensive line out to dinner. 
at some point. And the offensive line just goes heyday. And you're right. Like, you were joking about, can I get 26 lobsters to go? They're actually dead serious. They're like, no, can I get this to go too? And the bill just piles up. Plus, you got to pay a tip. Yeah, you got to pay <laughs> 20% on that. <laughs> so, like, what could be, and this is no exaggeration, like a $30,000 dinner bill. Put a tip on that, and you better be generous too there, Mr. Guaranteed Money Quarterback. Yeah. Unreal. Oh, it's so weird. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a tad weird right now. It, it's odd. Uh, the other thing with the NFL news, other news today from the NFL, they're going to shorten their preseason. And we talked about this yesterday about the NFL is trying to straddle a line here. They've got to decide which side of the fence they're going to be on. That they they want to still do a full camp, but yet they're not doing a Hall of Fame game. Uh, so are they? Are they worried about the coronavirus, or are they not worried about the coronavirus? And maybe they're just trying to figure out a middle ground. Well, uh, as we talked about, they they had previously canceled their Hall of Fame game. That's uh, August eighth. That's always the the first preseason game. That yeah, kind it's of kind of things fun. off. It's a tradition, right? It's a it's a historic venue. It's when they do the Hall of Fame and all that stuff. Well, what they've announced today is that they're going to pre, they're going to shorten the preseason by two games and only have two games. So, uh, again, is this is that enough? But we're still having training camp, though, and they're still saying don't have involuntary player workouts. But we're going to have training camp coming up at the end of July. What's the difference? Right, the players will still report to training camp on July twenty eighth. Yeah, see, why can't the players just go work out? Like Tom Brady's working out with three or four guys at a high school field, just throwing to them. But we can't have that happening, even though we have team workouts on July 28th, like you said. First, first preseason games will not be played until August 20th through the 24th. Wow. Second week of preseason games scheduled for August 27th through the 31st. And then you're into the uh, regular season after that. Do you think a shortened preseason is better, though? I think it's too long, the preseason. Uh, I think it is a little long. I know it's been debated before all of this was yes, going on. absolutely. But there are a lot of guys that um, I don't know that necessarily changes rosters really too dramatically. I think it is a, a way for guys to kind of ease into it the regular season. Um, but I think one of the biggest things that I always hear is that those guys that are kind of on the fringe of the roster, that's their opportunity to do some things, get some notice, get film. And also any veterans that do play with them, that's how they get familiar with who these guys are. Because if another veteran in that position gets hurt, these they okay. I've seen you before. I know what how you move. I know how you act. So it's not coming into it as cold. As cold, yeah. Later on in the year, but college football doesn't have a preseason. Boom, game one, season's yeah. going, and you're there. You every go. game counts too. By the way, you it, can do scrimmages. I mean, you can do a. Black versus white, or whatever you want. Yeah, because do. you're not doing joint practices this year either in the NFL. These and those have became very valuable. A lot of coaches who love to do those joint practices because then they can see without having a preseason game, they can control the environment, control the scrimmages, if you will, control what's going on in the practices. Right, and coach in the instant exactly, and see what they want to see exactly. 
and they aren't going to have those this year either. So this is going to be really, really different. So what we'll be curious is if this works, if everybody feels like, hey, that was not so bad. Yeah. If that helps them move to the expanded regular season. Good point. Good point. Because the players are like, no, we're not going to play more games. We don't want to play more games. It's just more wear and tear on our bodies. So the owners are like, okay, we'll just do fewer preseason games. Yeah. The the season schedule will remain the same. We'll just squeeze in a few more games. Because there are more games and more tickets and more concessions and more money. Hmm. But I think to do that, though, you need an expanded roster. I think they have to... Guys are going to get hurt. Your, your roster, is, you're going to have, everybody's going to suffer atrophy. So you have to have some kind of mechanism in there to help teams ha- have more bodies available or at least have them in the system to get them up to, up to speed with what the NFL, uh, just the, the speed of play in the NFL and how everything goes to get these guys ready to go. So interesting moves by the NFL today. Yeah, uh, good news for one of our guys, though. We'll, we'll, we'll take it. Uh, they also announced they are not going to do the supplemental draft this year. Oh, they aren't, huh? Wow. Uh, that was uh, announced today, this afternoon. Um, the, the supplemental draft, it's usually those players whose uh, eligibility situation may have changed after you were supposed to declare by January um, if you wanted to be available for the regular draft. So the supplemental draft provides opportunities for other guys to maybe find their way in or if somewhere in the process uh, you know, a, a team thought they had somebody and then they got hurt or it's not who they really thought they were going to get, gives them an opportunity to go, another avenue to go find another position. But hmm. uh, it's... Last year, only the Arizona Cardinals made a selection in the supplemental draft. So it's not widely used, but it is something that's available. But the NFL is today saying we're not going to do it. We're going to have a shorter preseason. We're still going to do training camp as normal. And full steam ahead. Hmm. Wow. Well, good for them. But the big news of the day for uh, for what we're concerned with, Jordan Love, big contract for him. Guaranteed money, over $12 million, $12.38 million. All of it fully guaranteed. Jordan good. Love got paid. Gosh. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. Again, though, dude, you're going to see that money go quickly when you're buying dinner for the offensive line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, before we go uh, take a time out here on the Full Court Press, just want to remind you, couple big things going on this weekend. I know, as we've been talking about, a lot of changes because of coronavirus. But this is usually a really big weekend around here. Fourth of July, cruise in, parades, fun runs, city celebrations. Really fat. (laughs) Lots of fun at the park. A lot of those things have been canceled or at least changed. So here's just want to give you an update on some of those things. The the Cash Valley Cruise In Parade is going to still happen. That'll be on Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. up and down Logan's Main Street. If you have a classic car, you can still enter it. Uh, you just go down to the fairgrounds, Cash County Fairgrounds, between noon and 5 on Friday. And then you can participate in the parade from 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, so, you know, if you're going to go watch the parade, you can you know, 
have your mask if you're too close to people or find a spot where you've got some physical distance. Uh, if you want to buy cruise-in merchandise, you can do that in front of the Cache County Courthouse, the historic Cache County Courthouse on 200 North. So still going on. Still a tradition that's going to continue. Okay, so they're still having the cruise-in parade then? Yes, the parade itself. Now, going down to the fairgrounds to roam around and check oh, out all those the are cool so cars fun to watch those cool cars. Oh. and talk to the owners, that's not going to happen, and that's really unfortunate. But then later that night, actually, something really cool. Uh, usually on July 3rd, Logan City does their Freedom Fire mm-hmm. up at USU's football stadium. This year, it's been canceled, but other people have kind of chipped in to help something else happen. Kind of cool. So there's going to be simultaneous fireworks going on in Richmond, North Logan, Providence, and Hiram. So Hiram usually holds their fireworks on the 4th, but they move them up to the 3rd. And Richmond, North Logan, Providence, they've never had big formal fireworks like this. So on those four communities, fireworks start at 10 o'clock, and you can tune on, turn your radio onto uh, uh, any local radio station. And it'll be a soundtrack going on, synchronized with the fireworks. So um, check that out on Friday nights. Really cool. Did Al Lewis used to, to narrate those? He did when they were up in Logan City. Oh, man. Yeah. Those, that was so cool to hear his voice and narrate that. Oh, my heck. That was awesome. Those, those were great days. Classic memories. So uh, some of those traditions may be kind of uh, disrupted this year, but a few others kind of finding ways around it so they can still still have some. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, from what I understand, Lewiston, they're still doing their fireworks, traditional fireworks show. Good for them. On the 4th. Oh, okay. But Richmond, North Logan, Providence, Hiram, those are other locations that are going to be doing fireworks across Cache Valley on July 3rd. That's a Friday night starting at 10 p.m. So just a reminder on that. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, uh, more details about uh, the NBA. Uh, we've got some details about the University of Utah. Uh, an assistant coach that was in hot water. Oh, He's, boy. What's his status with the, with the team? Utah State's making an announcement about a Utah State coaching staff member. We'll get into that coming up next on the Full Court Press. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Millions of families suffer every year. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Michael! What? Michael! That is so well played. You know who's really who really ruins that show, though? Beats. Bears. Do you know who really ruins that show? Battlestar Galactica. Who ruins that show? Pam. She just ruins that show. Like what Diana does in Cheers and how horrible she makes it. Pam makes the office horrible. The, the uh, identity theft episode was aired on this date. Yeah, said? that's what it said. Yeah, I just read a tweet from that identity theft episode. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's that's such a great cold opening. Uh, yeah. Hey, Eric. Uh, I don't know where what, what topic do we want to hit next? There's so much to get to now in just a little amount of time. Uh, Utah is in uh, Morgan Scally. Yep. That situation where he, seven years ago, there's so much to uncover here. Seven years ago, had a text message conversation, right? And then used a racial term in it. And then it didn't come to light until two months ago, three months ago. 
And then Morgan well, Scali, not like two months ago. Two months ago, Morgan Scali was then relieved of his position or suspended. Suspended. And now today they came out with an announcement from uh, Mark Carlin, the AD, uh, that Morgan Scali has been reinstated. But and this is a very capital letters, but uh, his one million dollar signing has now been cut in half, literally cut in half to five hundred and something thousand. And he was supposed to be the head coach in waiting due to a verbal agreement from him and Mark, and that has been taken away as well. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think the first thought is you always got to be careful about what you say. Yes. I mean, there are some terms that I don't care the if it's joking or having fun. There's some things you just don't, don't say. say. Um, especially among you know certain races. Uh, but Eric, this there was... may be some people who can use those terms, which I still disagree with. But there's others who absolutely cannot use those words. Um, so I, I think that I'm glad to see him reinstated. Uh, I'm glad to see that you know the, they're not making a bigger deal than this than needs to be. They... But others have come forward and said, "Hey, you know, there's have been some times where he's he said this or he's texted this." So. There was a little bit of a pattern. I don't know if it was rampant. I'm not saying that. But there have been several instances where he was using some terms that he he shouldn't have. So I think what we're seeing today is that the university is sending a message, really. But it was seven years ago. Yeah, but they're having to send a message saying, we take this seriously. It's not not something that we smile upon. It's not something that we allow. And while that, you know, what he did was uh, you know, distasteful. Uh, this is a, a statement to say, don't anybody else do this again because it's probably going to get worse. Yeah. It'll be worse for you. Do you take away, because there's a lot of players who came out and defended him as well. Former great defensive players who came out and defended him, some playing in the NFL. And now he's lost his head coach in waiting position. Is that? Well, I don't know that it's necessarily gone forever. But I uh, think they have to say they have to save face. Say, look, we have somebody on our staff who used this term, and he's going to be our next. Head. We've already said he's going to be our next head coach. Give him the thumbs up. I think the university has to say, hold on, let's wait. If he proves that he's still a great coach and players love him and he's doing the right things, then when Witt uh, decides to hang it up, then he'll have to go through the process like anybody else. But he appeared with the co- the team today. He issued another apology, uh, and um, now they're moving forward. You know, what's crazy is that he got his salary cut in half, and he's still going to get paid half a million. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I think there was incentives in that, if I'm not mistaken. But I'm pretty sure they would have been covered anyway. Yeah, that's just that's nuts, though. Uh, Utah State has some news today about their football coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, Brian Phillips, I believe, is who I saw it from, uh, has reported that uh, the Utah State Aggies have, for football, have signed a uh, tight ends coach. That in Rock Bellatoni, who was going to be the new tight ends and special teams coach for the Aggies. Uh, He actually comes from Washington State. Uh, He had left after head coach Mike Leach. 
Um, he was a recruiter, very respected recruiter, according to Brian Phillips in Florida and the Northeast. So you got it. You got yourself a specific tight ends and special teams coach. I like that there. That there's somebody that's over special teams. We've seen that when Utah State has somebody who's focused on special teams as part of their duties. Utah State does well when it's by committee. Then nobody knows who's responsible for what ultimately. I mean, they have their internal structures and they they know. But when when stuff starts hitting the fan, you got to know who's who's on top, who's going to answer for it. So um, I, I think this is good, and Utah State has proven that when they have somebody focused on special teams, that can be a real strength of the Aggies. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. Hire. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, speaking of USU, they had their student athlete awards yesterday. Um, a couple of big ones. Male walk-on of the year, of course, went to Eric Munoz. He was the big catalyst in that win against, was it Wyoming, right? Uh, where he had that big game. Oh, yeah, he was huge. He was awesome. Uh, of course, USU basketball won the best overall season. Duh. Uh, the U-Star Male Athlete of the Year, Sam Merrill. I don't know if you could really argue that. Female Athlete of the Year went to uh, gymnast. I don't even know who it is. Oh, Autumn DeHard. Is it DeHarde? DeHarde? And then female walk-in of the year was Capri Toon of USU Softball, the pitcher. So, pretty cool stuff. Good for them. Oh, and then male newcomer of the year, Alfonso Anderson. Oh. Good choice. Plays a few good games and now gets recognized for it. Good for him. Played more than a few good games. That's true. Hey, what, okay, but here's the thing. Like, Eric Munoz... Are you kind of surprised by that one? I mean, he did have that big game against Wyoming. Would you say he fell off the map after that? No. No. Okay. No. Uh-uh. He didn't have a game that was quite as impactful, but I thought that he was he was a solid player in the middle. Remember, this is he's trying to fill in with um his name escaped me. David Woodward gone. Yeah, Woodward got the concussions. So, um you can't replace a guy like that. But Munoz came in and played really well alongside Metzenheimer. Yeah, Metzenheimer was great too. Um, and so uh, uh, that was the one game that he was like fantastic. Uh, he still played solid for the rest of the games. I don't think he fell off the map. I thought he was still a solid contributor. He didn't have such an amazing game as he did, but that's hard to ask for everybody to do that. But how many other walk-ons do we know really you know, did a whole lot? So he he uh, got a lot of attention for what he did, and deservedly so. Good to see him recognized for it. Is Metzenheimer back for another year? Yes. Thank goodness. We're gonna need him. Yeah. He's yes. so big. He's been. He was great last year. Uh, I'm glad to get uh, to get Metzi back for one more year. Whew, that'll be nice. Uh, coming up next year on the full court press, there's news coming out of the NBA. Um, more players are opting not to go. More recognizable names are not going to be participating. Now, Houston has a couple of players that aren't going to do it. Uh, do they fill them? Do they grab other players to fill those roster spots? Uh, and then, uh, speaking of the NBA, a poll of uh, uh, NBA general managers uh, talking about who the best defender is in the NBA. Could Rudy Gobert get another Defensive Player of the Year award? And um, what would he need to do over these? eight-game restart to solidify as the best defender 
in the NBA. We'll talk about that next here in the Full Court Press. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, thanks for tuning in, joining us here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. We're streaming online, 1069thefan.com. So the NBA restart is still scheduled to occur in Orlando at Walt Disney World. Uh, The NBA uh, has told coaches that age alone will not be enough to prevent a coach from going to the restart. There's been some discussion about that, that uh, age is a uh, is a consideration for those that are at higher risk to reach certain age levels. But Dallas Mavericks coach Rick Carlisle was saying, hey, that's discrimination. Uh, everybody goes through a screening process. Uh, age should not be uh, one determining factor. So it looks like all the coaches are going to, well, in theory, should be able to be there. Age alone will not prevent them from being there. The NBA also saying that players uh, can't. Uh, the NBA players have decided not to use any names of people who have died in police custody or in racially motivated incidents on the backs of their jerseys. Uh, you know, they we're talking about players having the ability to put a, a different name on the back of their jersey or a cause they felt was important. And uh, they did agree today that, well, I guess this was actually, um, uh, this was this morning that, uh, according to ESPN, um, that they would not put any uh, people who have passed away. They can't put their names. They won't put their names on the jerseys. But they could put things on there like Black Lives Matter or I Can't Breathe on the back of their jersey. See, I still... I want them to be able to speak of their message at every possible opportunity. I don't know if putting it on the back of their jersey and replacement of their name is that way, though. If you want to write it on your shoe, have the acronym on your uh, wristband, or something like that, because I know they're going to put Black Lives Matter, Black yeah, Black Lives Matter all over the court, right? Like there's, I think on the court they're going to put right. around it at least Black yep. Lives Matter on all three courts. Um, but I don't know if putting it on the back of your jersey and replacing your name is really the best way to go about it because we all kind of we all want to watch basketball but I think that message is going to be in the like right there at the forefront the whole entire time instead of seeing the game I hope that makes sense what I'm saying I mean there's a time to bring out your message but there's a time of hey we're on the court we're playing basketball let's focus on basketball for just 48 minutes let's focus on basketball Chris Paul, is the, uh, the Players' Union president, said, people are saying that social justice will be off of everybody's mind in Orlando with these jerseys. It doesn't go away, close quote. Now, one of the questions is, who will be there? Who will be wearing jerseys? Yeah. Regardless of what it might say on the back, there's still a question about who will and will not be there. Avery Bradley has said he's not going to go. Uh, Shay, uh, no, excuse me. Um, 
the uh, <laughs> Willie Colley Stein mm. from Dallas. He's not going to participate. Well, at Houston, he plays for Dallas. Uh, Houston Rockets forward Tabo Cephalosha, he is opting out. So now the Rockets are eligible to sign a replacement. Um, now, Cephalosha really didn't do much for Houston. Yeah. <laughs> he did have a game where he did kind of hurt the Jazz a little bit. He was extra motivated against the former team, but he averaged 10 minutes and 2.2 points a game. But a couple other former Jazz guys could be available as replacements. Jeff Green, Damari Carroll. Oh, man, Jeff Green. I haven't heard that name in a while. Um, those are two guys that could probably see more significant roles now that Tavol Cephalosha will not be participating. Uh, I guess teams are they're submitting their rosters and their traveling parties to the NBA today. They're supposed to start traveling next week. Jazz are supposed to make their on the seventh their, right their trip right on uh, July seventh. Yeah, and they and they don't practice until they get to Orlando. By the way, they not as a team. Yeah, as a team. There you go. Thank you. Uh, yeah, they don't practice as a team until they get there. So, man, we're gonna see some rough games. We're gonna see some really rough basketball. Because even if you do get practice in for two weeks, like live game action, as you know, is much different than just practice. It is going to be ugly high school basketball for probably the first two games, if so not more. who benefits the most from that? Who has the most street ball tournament style? <laughs> I that, love that question. That will do well in this kind of a, a format. I mean, I heard, Honestly? I heard some guys earlier today saying this uh, Houston. Uh, really? This may be the best type of situation for Houston. They do play small ball, but I think that I think without Clint Capella, they're they're in so much trouble. Uh, they're in so much trouble. The Lakers, the Jazz, the Clippers. I uh, actually I wouldn't say the Jazz. Um, and the Nuggets will eat them alive for that very reason. They all got high thinking eat them alive. Um, but I you know I think the Clippers. For a myriad of reasons, but I, I I think the Clippers is based on the fact that we've been resting for so long, honestly, and so now like Kawhi's fully healthy, uh, and and as is Paul George, um, and they've got you know Beverly and and Mon- Montrezl Harrell, that that's going to be a problem to deal with that squad. Actually, I wonder though. People talk about all this rest, but there's going to be a loss of muscle mass. Oh yeah. So. The, these guys have been kind of working out on their own a little bit here and there leading up to this, but and they'll have a three weeks, I guess, to a mini training camp with their team. But uh, there's going to be somebody who's going to be pushing it too hard yeah. in return, and they won't even see the court. Then that'll be sad because they'll get hurt, they'll injure, they'll tear a bicep or something. You know, that's one of the reasons Damian Lillard came out. He has not been a fan of this restart from the get-go, has he? And he's still not thrilled about it. He came out and uh, he said, quote, my confidence ain't great that uh, all, speaking of all 22 teams and players following the rules that are going to be given to him, he says, my confidence ain't great uh, because you're telling me you're going to have 22 teams full of players following all the rules when we have 100% freedom. Everybody don't follow all the rules. I don't have much confidence, but hopefully they'll be handled to a point where we're not putting everybody at risk or in a dangerous position. Dude, if there's anyone that might get a flagrant foul put on them, it's going to be Damien because he has been 
Because if, if Kyrie was going to be there, then it would be Kyrie. But Damien really hasn't been thrilled about this whole thing. And I think there's some teams, maybe even irked by him, voicing his displeasure about it. Yeah, it's... But there's a... There's, there's a pretty good number of other guys that are upset. Yeah. He just... He's the only one voicing it voicing out. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, did you see a poll about Rudy, about the uh, defensive player of the year? I did. It's on The Athletic? Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, about The Athletic? They, they obviously pulled 23 coaches for defensive player of the year voting. Do you have the numbers right there by chance? Yes. Okay, read them out for me. Uh, actually, they, they anonymously pulled 33. Oh, 33. Sorry. No. But... Um, oh, that was... No, 23 for Defensive Player of the Year, 33 for their NBA All-Defensive First Team. Oh, okay. Sorry, I read that wrong. I don't have the numbers exactly of, of who they have ahead and what. Okay, so what they did is uh, they had all these coaches um, kind of rank rank their players. Uh, who you think would be a first team and second team. And uh, you had to pick two guards, two forwards, and a center. <laughs> and um, the way that it worked out, it is a dead tie. Straight up tie. Rudy Gobert and Giannis Antetokounmpo. They got uh, 25 first team points each and five second team points. Each, so the voting was exactly the same for these two guys. Uh, third in line was Marcus Smart, and then Kawhi Leonard and Ben Simmons. And what's interesting, these are coaches. So the media has been voting on Defensive Player of the Year for a couple of years now. Coaches will say, "Look, we review the tape. We know a player's defensive impact yeah. is more than just statistically speaking. How many blocks or steals does he have?" What is his impact on the court? Because it doesn't show up in a stat line when somebody tries to go to the middle and they have to back out and reset yeah, the play. Yeah, restart the play. Yeah. Or screen. I guess, no, not screen assist. Sorry, excuse me. But when he's able to lock off his screen, um, players trying to get to the hoop. And like you said, instead of being able to get to the hoop, he's still on the perimeter and he has to back out, reset, and try for another pick. But can I ask you, with... If he does win Defensive Player of the Year, does it come with an asterisk because of the different setting? The restart, now you're in Orlando, things are a bit different. Do you put an asterisk next to it? I mean, everything is going to be looked at differently differently this year. Okay. So I don't think you need to put any asterisks anywhere. But if it's a tie right now between Rudy and, and Giannis, how much does Rudy have to do or, or to prove in eight over the course of eight games nah, that's a good point. to solidify that position? I gotta be honest, I think Giannis wins it running away too. I think Giannis, like, with the help of what he's got defensively, is going to win this running away. <laughs> as good as Rudy is, we're talking about a uh, arrested Giannis with arrested Bucks team. Um and I, maybe they even push it to the fact of look, the Bucks got further than the Jazz in the playoffs. Because, I mean, Giannis is going to have much more to show. I mean, or do they just vote? Do they vote as soon as the eight games are over with? Is that what they're doing? Do you know? Yeah, I think all the end of year uh, like awards are voted on right, after so it will the be end after of the regular, regular season. season. 
I still think Giannis Coach, win, wins rookie, it. Rookie, defensive, MVP. All if Ru- but do you know what? If Rudy wins it, do you know what that means? <laughs> He's available for a freaking super max contract. And the Jazz got to pay him. Or they got to let him go. I think the Jazz will pay him, but I don't think they'll pay him a Supermax. Then he's gone. A back-to-back-to-back three-time Defensive Player of the Year doesn't get a Supermax? They can make him very wealthy, but I think it would be a huge mistake for the Jazz to give him a Supermax contract. Why? He's a Defensive Player of the Year. He's valuable, I thought. He is valuable, and that's why you pay him a lot of money. A Supermax, though. But that locks you out from things you can do with other guys. And if he's not going to be a big contributor offensively, I just think that's a that's a mistake. Then you trade him. Because I've seen this before. Look at Ben Wallace at Detroit. Okay. Great defensive player. Absolutely. Big rebounder, block, you know, shot blocker. Uh, changed people when they came to the into the paint. Detroit gave him a ton of money. They, oh, my gosh, this guy's amazing. We have to pay him. And he started to decline quickly. And he didn't do much offensively. And so Detroit was then saddled with this huge salary that wasn't producing. I'm not saying that Rudy doesn't have potential to be an offensive guy, but at this stage in his career, if he was more of an offensive weapon, then I would say absolutely. Give that guy every dime he he deserves. I'm saying pay him. Pay him a lot of money. Just don't he doesn't don't pay him the supermax. You'll regret it. That's You'll regret crazy. it if you do. So then I trade him. As soon as the season's over, I trade him and I get value out of him. Because if you ain't going to pay him a Supermax because you don't want to lock yourself down, someone else is at free agency. He's going to get paid a lot of money. You're going to lose him. You're going to lose a defensive player monster for nothing. Get value out of the guy. Coming up next year in the Full Court Press, we'll tell you what one of these coaches said anonymously about Rudy Gobert and uh, why they really like Marcus Smart. Why he's somebody that's... uh, Kind of flying under the radar. We'll talk about that coming up next on Full Court Press. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, a poll of, of uh, coaches in the NBA, head coaches and, and some assistants, about who would you put on your all-defensive team. One center, two forwards, two guards. First team, second team. And they, uh, if you were on the first team, you got two points. If you were on a second team, you got one point. They tallied it up. Rudy Gobert, Giannis Antetokounmpo tied. It's going to be a very, very close race. Here's what one coach said about Rudy Gobert. He's a big defensive presence. He's smart. He understands the value of keeping your body between the ball and the basket, staying in front of the ball on the pick and roll, and being able to do multiple things, especially at the rim and rebounding. Uh, about Antetokounmpo, he said rebounding is a key, key thing to defense. He does that at an elite level. But some of these coaches really high, and Marcus Smart saying he was one of the first guys that they put on their list. Huh. Really? Why? So a lot of praise for Marcus Smart. Why? Sacrifices his body, takes charges. He'll body up anybody. He's not afraid to guard anybody. Says he's smart. He's intense. Okay, so is George Hill. 
I don't know if George Hill is intense. But I think Rudy Gobert, if he wants to lock this down, I think that uh, his presence will be sorely needed. Anyway, because without Boyan Bogdanovich, as we talked about before, everybody's going to have to step up their game. Yeah. But if there's that strong presence guarding the rim, protecting the paint for the Jazz, it's going to make a huge difference for them to stay in the games that they compete in. And you know what's interesting is your poll the other day, right, uh, of who needs to step up the most. Yeah. uh, And you said Mike Conley. 67% said Mike Conley. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he talked about, actually, he has to be that guy now that he feels like, offensively, I have to be the person who's going to, uh, you know, come alive offensively, uh, get our get our team on a spark, or at least on the right track offensively. So that's a lot of pressure to put on the guy who's really struggled all season long offensively. Very curious. Uh, by the way, Nikola Jokic is not back in the United States yet. Oh, boy. The Nuggets are supposed to head to Orlando next Tuesday, and Jokic is not in America. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's, that's this thing is going to be not great, Bob. Uh, this thing is going to be crazy. Who's going to be there? Who won't be? Yeah, that's, whose name is going to be on the jersey or phrase? Hey, what is there? Was there a decision oh, with the NHL so at all? Weird. Uh, nothing official, though. It looks like two sites in Canada are the leading candidates. Really? Yes. Oh, be dang! So keep everybody in Canada. You know what? It's probably safe. That's yes. That's the best idea. Yeah. All right. So we'll see you again here tomorrow. Good night, Good night everybody. everybody. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. I'm not sure it's fair to call Major League Baseball teams reporting to camps today spring training two. Teams are at their home facilities and not in Florida or Arizona. And there's none of the optimism and fun we associate with spring training. Instead, there are a lot of nervous players, coaches, and staff. Major League Baseball has already started comprehensive testing. Some players have decided not to come back for the season, and others could soon follow. But once everyone arrives they got a lot of work to do. There are new rules. They have to figure out their rotations for this odd 60-game sprint. Managers also have to play close attention to the bottom of their rosters. Depth is going to be more important than ever. The last few months, we've been speaking theoretically about the return of team sports. And now it's here. We're going to see if the safety guidelines work in real life. And if we are actually going to be playing baseball by the time the calendar reaches July 23rd. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.